You're listening to the Interns to Pros podcast, where you'll learn from some of the most successful impact players in the media, technology, sports, and entertainment industries. How did they land their awesome jobs? What big lessons have they learned along the way? Get ready to take your career to the next level by getting insider knowledge from some of the best in the business. Here's your host, Mitchell Leach II. Welcome to the Interns to Pros podcast, where we give timely wisdom and elite value on how to go from an intern to a pro. I'm your host, Mitchell Leach II. Today, we have a very, very special guest on the show. It's someone whom I've known all my life and just happened to be related to. (laughs) The one, the only, Michael Leach. Now, I've seen firsthand how his life has been an inspirational lesson on the rewards of faith in God, hard work, and perseverance. Mike is currently the manager of labor operations for the NFL at their headquarters in New York City. Now, prior to that, he was the assistant to the head coach for the Chicago Bears. Mike also did several great internships along the way. Believe me, you are in for a treat. Now, be sure to take great notes. Michael Leach, welcome to the show. Thanks, brother, for having me. It's my absolute honor. Glad to be here. Well, let's kick it off with this first question. Let's get right into it. So if you could describe your career journey in one word, what would it be and why? Wow, great question. I, I, would, I would certainly have to say the one word I would use to describe my career journey as intentional. And I say intentional because, you know, oftentimes throughout uh, the course of my career and several others that I kind of counsel and mentor along the way. Um, intentionality is that one consistent theme that I see permeate through every successful intern, every successful executive. It's just this heightened level of intentionality, not to wait uh, for something to happen, but to create something to happen. So I would certainly have to say that word there. That's good stuff. Yeah. The power of intentionality is something that we both uh, (laughs) know a whole lot about. And so in terms of internships and just your career in general, uh, the power of intentionality is paramount, like you said. So uh, so tell us about your internship experience. Um, what were the three biggest lessons learned from that chapter of your career? What would you say, Mike? Sure. Uh, I, w- I would go back. So uh, this is during my, once in my sophomore year in, in undergraduate studies at the University of Illinois at, at Urbana-Champaign. I, I had a, just a four-week internship uh, with the Chicago Bears, and this was in their advertising and events department. And this was really just a lot of for four weeks during training camp, serving their corporate sponsors and, and being on training camp, just kind of being able to help learn and, and serve along the way. But uh, what a great experience and great exposure that I had uh, to the team level and the club level for the first time. Um, one of the biggest takeaways from that experience, I would have to say, <clears throat> would be sitting down, getting to know people. You, you always hear that saying, meet as many people as you can, but you have to separate just meeting people to actually forming authentic relationships with people. So uh, that was a, a four-week span in which I was just very, very cognizant and intentional on trying to not just shake a hand and get a name and a business card, but actually sit down and eat and, and, and or have coffee with that person. So uh, throughout the course of those four weeks, didn't get a chance to sit down with many people. Uh, got to the last day of this internship, and uh, lo and behold, one person was able to come and, and sit down with me, and that person served to be a, 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 an instrumental part in, in my career trajectory uh, down the line. Uh, separate and apart from my time in Chicago, uh, 
internship experience with the Miami Dolphins uh, when I was in grad school in Miami, Florida. Uh, it was in that role, really it was a one-year uh, quote-unquote full-time assistantship program is what they called it, but a glorified full-time internship, if you will, in their media relations department. And I love that experience because, you know, a lot of people, especially if you're working in football or in any sports capacity for that matter, they try to go after the football operations job or that operations level job thinking that that's the only way in which you can uh, have an impact or be effective at that level. But media relations is unique in the sense that it really exposes you uh, to the perspectives and to the nuances of each business unit within that team because you're communicating different messages for each and every business unit within that. So I was able to, to help with everything from press releases uh, to um, the uh, transcribing of, of the press conferences that would take place, coaches, executives, players, serving as a middleman in that conduit uh, between the organization, business units, and all of our local and national media outlets. So it's really neat because you really get a chance to see how everyone operates, what their messaging uh, is at its core, and it gives you an opportunity to decide which business unit you could see yourself stepping into and or you would not want to see yourself step into. So those two uh, certainly stand out uh, to me the biggest. And I'll say the biggest lessons from that, again, is forming authentic relationships. Uh, the second one was being willing to gain perspective. Perspective is never just what you see, but how you view what you see. And the last uh, key lesson that I took just from those experiences was that, you know, you never know um, who that person is going to be that can change your entire career trajectory. You know, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And both of those really taught me at a young age the importance of that first impression and the importance of follow-up after that first impression. Well said. Well said. I think you did a, a phenomenal job of truly describing the value of an internship program or, or even a, a trainee program or fellowship program. And I hope you all are taking notes. Like I said, that that is very, very keen insight right there. Um, so in addition to that, what would you say are the top three ways students can maximize their internship opportunity? Y'all know you gave um, some good insight in terms of trying to sit down and meet with someone. Uh, what are a couple of the tips you have in terms of fully optimizing that short internship span? Yeah. Well, for starters, and again, this, this goes back to just being intentional as well, but being intentional with the right people. You know, one of the worst things you can do in life is choose the right thing at the wrong time. And I think uh, really one key is going back to having those one-on-one sit-downs. It's one thing to collect business cards and, and have that, but it's a completely transformational thing to sit down one-on-one -on -one with somebody and to ask questions. <clears throat> I think, uh, successful people ask better questions and as a result they get better answers and being willing to be humble and understand that you don't know it all and and being willing to ask those questions you know those executives those leaders that you'll be serving um can tell more by an intern by the questions they ask more so than the answers they give and lastly i, I would certainly uh you know my form of leadership philosophy is servant leadership and just being willing to serve, you know, in any way, shape or form, whether that's within your immediate department, but then also getting um, the buy-in from your immediate leader and also buy-in from your leader to allow you to volunteer to serve in other departments if 
you are able to with the time allotted to you. <laughs> I think, um, you know, if, if you're too big to serve, then you're really too small to lead. And getting that deep understanding on servant leadership, going first in your service, you'd be surprised at what you will gain influence-wise, even as an intern, if you just choose to serve first. And those will be the, those three key ways to do that. One-on-one sit-downs, following up after those sit-downs, um, asking great questions at the right time with the right people, serving in other departments if and or when you can, but then more importantly, going first in that and, and being humble while you're doing that. You know, Mike, unfortunately, many students underestimate the impact they can make as interns. They should never let the intern title stop them from proactively finding ways to add value to their company. So let's now dig into what many folks listening on this very show want to hear more about. How to land that first job. Mike, what are your top tips for students hoping to land their first job, both through your own experience and what you've seen others do successfully? Well, one good step is that what you'll come to find is as you begin to go through the process of interning and 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 you know soliciting feedback from people and what you're interning with and, and serving along with, you, you'll begin to build and develop this network of, of, of people inside the industry. And what oftentimes happens, you know, once time goes by or time elapses from the conclusion of your internship to the job hunting phase, uh, you'll often get that email or, or, or uh, and, and when I say email, we, those on the inside will receive an email from a, a past intern saying, hey, Mr. So-and-so, I'm just checking in with you. Hope you're doing well. Um, let me know if you have any jobs open that you think would fit me well. I would appreciate it because I'm searching now. And that's the end of the email. Well, the problem now is that, you know, people are becoming increasingly busier by the day, by the hour. So what I oftentimes suggest uh, interns to do is go out on your own, be intentional, do a deep, thorough diagnostic and search on what openings there are. Nine times out of 10, really 9.9 times out of 10 now nowadays, uh, you can identify what openings are out there at that company or with that team. Once you identify which openings are open, it is not much work just to copy and paste that hyperlink into the email body, attach your resume, make sure you PDF your resume, make it look professional. And when you email that person that you used to serve with or work alongside, as opposed to asking them <laughs> to do the work for you and finding something that would fit you, you can now tell them that I found this thing that I feel suits me well. I would love the opportunity to learn more about it and explore the opportunity. Below is a link to this direct job posting and attaches my resume. Now you have made yourself more likely and more probable to have that person forward that email to the HR or the hiring manager because they don't have to do any work for you now. And that's a common misconception. It's not their job to find what fits you well. It's your job as an intern prospective employee to find what fits you well and to have all the information necessary in that email once you send it. That's that's really, really good insight right there. And uh, just that's just a shift in perspective. And so interns, soon to be interns, take note of that because trust me, I've done it myself. Mike's seen it. He's done it and it works. And I will say probably 95% of the time, it positions you in a much better light um, for that next step for that first job. So, uh, so Mike, right now you are in beautiful New York City. Um, and you are working for the NFL. 
Describe your current role, a couple of your favorite things about it, and the best lesson learned there thus far. Sure. So right now, I, I currently serve in the NFL Management Council uh, here at the league office in New York City. And the, the Management Council, it, it, it serves as the multi-bargaining unit arm of the NFL. So we are primarily responsible with negotiating, administering, and enforcing our collective bargaining agreement with the NFLPA, with the Players Association, uh, serves as a players union. And now what that looks like for me in my specific area, that's player contract and salary cap compliance across all 32 clubs, um, a, a component of the CBA known as the player work rules, uh, what teams can and cannot do with players throughout the course of the calendar year. And the league year, the, the NFL season. I also do a lot of work in diversity. You know, I, I have have a seat and I serve as a co-chair on the NFL Diversity Council in our uh, Partnership and Recruitment Committee. And and separate and apart from, from that, I, I help lead our NFL Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship Program, which is geared towards uh, creating a diverse pipeline uh, for qualified diverse minority coaches in the NFL uh, at the collegiate level and transitioning them to the pro level as well. So all in all, my central focus there at the league office in labor operations is ensuring uniform compliance across all 32 clubs with regards to the CBA. It's good stuff. That's good stuff. And I'm sure once people, you know, you're out there and, and whether it's family or friends or, or total strangers, or if you're at a conference, um, what is a common misconception about your role? Common misconception, I'd say because we're at the league office and the headquarters, uh, misconception about muscle is that it's all business and it's all contracts and paper and, and can grow to become somewhat mundane uh, because we're not at the team level. And that's just a common misconception. What's unique about the management council is that we have um, really two focuses on the business and on the game of football as well. So, my role in particular, I deal a lot, especially when, with regards to the player workflows component. I, I work really closely with our clubs and advising them, and that's head coaches, uh, general managers, um, club personnel. Um, I go out to visit with clubs, you know, during OTAs and, and, and practices to to provide any insight and, and, and counsel with regards to what is permitted throughout the course of the NFL season. But then on, on the flip side, I also talk with the business side of each team as well, you know, with regards to something comes up with a player contract or, or, or something that's salary cap related. Um, so it really touches all sides of the business. Um, a, a great benefit that I enjoy most, going back to your previous question that I neglected to answer, take notes in terms, I always remember those questions that you asked. Um, this thing that I'm probably um, Stop it. <laughs> enjoy the most is just uh, the cross-departmental collaboration. Uh, you will have folks in the labor operations department, folks in the marketing department, um, folks in uh, the sponsorship department, volunteer and serve at a lot of our perennial events that take place throughout the calendar year. So Super Bowl, uh, Pro Bowl, during the NFL draft, there are so many components and so many various um, job positions that are required to carry these events out. So they always start with an internal search from cross departments on who's willing, ready, and able to volunteer. So that going back to this idea of perspective, you can gain that now by volunteering in other departments that you don't immediately work in. So um, I love that component of it. You know, on a Sunday, if I'm not 
traveling to a stadium to serve the football operations department with, with game operations uh, compliance. I may be in the, our old command center, the Art McNally Game Day Center, uh, with Al Rivon and his staff um, helping uh, confirm a touchdown or a turnover in a game inside that inside that centralized center there. So I love the cross-department of collaboration. I, I love the constant push from the leadership from the top down to always get better and come up with new ways of doing things. So uh, those would be those, those key things that I enjoy most. That's phenomenal. And I think there's been a common thread of intentionality. There's been a common thread of maximizing your opportunity. And so... Advice we both, and I know when I was at ESPN, I always, you know, tried to master the art of doing whatever my role was, um, be it a production assistant, be it a producer or, or what have you, um, but also figure out ways to add value to the brand. And that's exactly what you're doing over there at the NFL. So you may be in labor operations. However, you know the NFL internally and externally. You know the needs that they have, um, be it from an event perspective, be it from an operations perspective, um, or or just a just in the office, uh, different needs or serving on different councils. So, um, adding value at every stage, regardless if you're an intern or once you become a pro, is paramount. And, and I commend you for doing that over there. Um, how, how long have you been at the NFL, by the way? I am approaching four years uh, this coming May. Wow. Wow! Congratulations to you. Yeah, it's coming it's next yeah. month, pretty much. Couple months from now. Come, it is coming up fast, man. It's, 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 it's amazing how fast time goes by when you're having fun, man. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. So, um, I've suit. Like I said, you you've been in, in the intern intern role. You've gotten your first job. You've worked in several roles, um, and now you're doing big things at the NFL. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of students and, and uh, interns and recent grads and on there, you know early career roles, do some good things, do some things well, and do some things not so good. So what would you say are the biggest mistakes students and recent grads should avoid making early in their career? Um, the biggest, uh, uh, and I wouldn't even say mistakes, just maybe oversights more than anything. It's just uh, to have a, a deep understanding on uh, the culture you're getting involved with and, and to understand your leadership, your leader's leadership style. Like it's never your leader's responsibility to adapt his or her leadership style to your style. It's the other way around. This idea of three hundred sixty degree leadership, how to lead up uh, with him. So, really, be very cognizant on on um, what that culture is. And I define culture as just a set of consistent patterns that people follow for communicating, thinking, and acting all grounded in their shared assumptions and values. And, and the culture in any department that you find yourself in, it's usually multi-layered. Like it's the, uh, you know, much like an iceberg, you see 20% of the iceberg above the water surface and 80% of it's below the water surface. And culture functions the same way. Uh, so the visible symbols, the acronyms, the verbiage that you'll use, that's one thing. But Below the surface are those deeper, less visible patterns and norms of accepted behavior within that. So really be intentional with talking with your colleagues um, about what that culture is, how to foster meetings when you're in a meeting, um, how emails and, and, and communication channels should be taking place uh, interdepartmentally, if you will. But separate and apart from just understanding culture and adapting to your boss's leadership style, 
the, the mistake of undermining uh, whoever you're reporting to authority. You know, the, the only thing a job title can buy is a little time, either to increase your level of influence with others or to undermine that influence. And you undermine that influence when you uh, take um, risk that can lead to unintended consequences if you're not clear with what your boss expects. So the biggest thing, ask the expectation question. Most interns don't do that. They want to, you know, put the best foot forward, take risk and make a big splash. It is so much wiser and better to ask the expectation question, not just overall, but through everything in the process. What are the expectations of this project? What are the expectations or the goals of this assignment or this email exchange or what, whatever? And if you can do those three things, I think you'll be set up uh, for, for, for long-term success there and elsewhere. Mike, let me tell you, man, that is truly very sound advice, and not only for interns, but for folks in the respective industries right now. Which leads me to my next question. How would you describe the art of career growth and the best ways to sustain it. Sure, sure. Uh, number one, uh, remember this. People do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. And it really shows when you come in day to day, your attitude, your demeanor, how you carry yourself, how you respond in moments of not just success, but adversity as well. Um, so that's a key, a key component. Just actually caring. If you're going to ask someone how they're doing, care about it. If you're going to do a task that maybe you weren't signed up to do, go first in your service and care about it. People will respond in a great way if you care about it. That's number one. And number two is this idea of persistence. And every intern, uh, even some keen executives are still um, helping over this idea of persistency. You know, if I'm persistent, I'll get this, or I'm, if I'm persistent, I'll get the call back. If I'm persistent, this will happen. Well, I always tell interns, and I tell everyone in my inner circle uh, to this day, and I'll share this with you guys. I don't tell anyone. <laughs> if you're persistent, you will get it. But if you are consistent, you will keep it. And there's a big, big difference between the two. So you can be persistent and get anything you want in life. Persistent and get the house. Persistent and get the spouse, right? But if you are not consistent, you will lose that very thing you were persistent at getting. So I always, always, always encourage and, and really empower interns to be consistent, have a high level of consistency in order to keep the job that you went for, but to continuously be promoted for the next job you're going for. And last but not least, you know, at, the, at its core, you know, at, at the end of every day, every great leader wants to know three things. They want to know where they are, where they're going, and how they're going to get there. And this idea of forming authentic relationships goes back to being intentional with sitting down and not just meeting people, but getting to know people. Don't just go through life, grow through life. And one of the biggest things that I'll share that I share with everyone that I meet is that what you'll come to find as you grow through this life and as you grow in business is a simple fact that everyone communicates, but few connect. And the challenge is, more, more so the, the responsibility for an intern is, is to identify those key people that can have a vested interest on where they are, where they're going, and how they're going to get there. And if they can really, really hone in on that and, and be a continuous, a continuous learner, you know, if, you, if you're not moving forward as a learner, 
you're moving backward as a leader. So always reading books, listening to podcasts like Interns to Pro, um, going to Barnes & Noble, going to networking, networking events, going to conferences and, and, and associations that are in line and in alignment with where you see yourself going and becoming in the future. Uh, all of these things play a major role in, in having the sustainability in your lifelong career. Most definitely. Most definitely. And I can speak to that. Um, I've seen you do that in a, in a very uh, masterful way over the years. And so uh, that's really, 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 really good stuff there. Um, now, Mike, you know, you and I did not make it to where we are without any help. So you've already discussed a little bit of it during your internship experience with the Bears. Did you have any mentors? If so, what was the best piece of advice you have ever received? Oh, man. That's a great question. Great, great question. Let me think about this here. I say my early on, one of my first mentors was um, a gentleman by the name of Andrew Hayes Stoker, who he serves as the White Outs coach now at the University of Illinois. He was in the Bears when I was there. But uh, he certainly served as a mentor, and um, that was that middle person, that connection, that relationship I had that connected me with then head coach Lovey Smith for the Chicago Bears, who ultimately hired me to serve as his assistant head coach. And a uh, big piece of advice that he shared with me was the simple fact that hard work beats talent when talent don't work hard. And just having uh, this work ethic that was second to none and, you know, being first in there and the last out, um, asking those questions. And as I grew, I would say uh, another mentor that I had was uh, – gentleman by the name of Dwayne Joseph, he's director of pro scout with the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Um, Mark Tressman, who's head coach in Toronto. Who, uh, all of these men really shaped my perspective on what leadership should really look like. I'm a faith-driven guy, and we all have dreams, especially interns. And I really learned that we block our dreams when we allow our fear to go bigger than our faith, whatever you believe and see yourself becoming. And from Mark, I learned that leadership is influence. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you're giving, expecting something in return, you're not really leading and you're not really serving at your highest and greatest capacity. So I learned the hard work ethic. I learned to remove the fear and to continually hold that belief. But I also learned uh, to make sure that my leadership was reflective of who I said I was, not just when people were looking, but more so when they were not looking. And, and I learned that from those three gentlemen there. But that's what we call authenticity. That's what we call um, the power of consistency. And um, Mike, I've seen I've seen both of those really resonate wherever you have gone. And so that's something that listeners, I would definitely, definitely implement um, in your career journey. So we're headed to the grand finale of the show. So we got a few quick hitters here and we'll uh, wrap it up. So. I know you're a, a, a racist reader like myself. Uh, do you have a favorite quote or book that has helped you in your career journey? If so, what is it? And why does it resonate with you? Wow. Um, that's a great question. I guess a good quote that, that really resonated with me is, is one that I kind of mentioned earlier. You know, if you're persistent, you'll, you will get it. But if you are yeah. consistent, you will keep it. 
And another thing, I guess a quote that I just read in a phenomenal book that I'll share, it's called The One Thing. And it, say, and, and, and it said this, is that it's not that we have too little time to do the things we need to, is that we feel the need to do too many things in the time we have. And this book entitled The One Thing by Jay Pabison, phenomenal book, a must read for every intern, every leader, anyone that wants to live a life of significance. And it talks about how to achieve extraordinary results um, with this idea of going small. And this is really important, not just for the executives, but really for interns, you know, it's narrowing your focus. Okay, most interns get lost trying to do too much and in the end accomplish too little. And what begins to happen is over time, they end up um, abandoning their dreams, uh, settling for a life that's less than the one that they were called to live out with regards to their personal professional lives, and they get burnt out. Um, This book, The One Thing, talks about going small, and it's really teaching how to uh, recognize more than anything that not all things matter equally in your life and finding the things that matter most. It's it's ignoring all the things that you could do and doing the things you should do. It's just a tighter way to connect what you want with what you actually do. And it's a phenomenal read. I, I highly recommend it. Knowing your focus, going small, and just understanding that, listen, time is your greatest asset. And the last thing you need is to be giving your energy, time, and focus in an area or in something that you shouldn't be doing. And I, I could not recommend that book more than anything. Appreciate what you have before time makes you appreciate what you had. And you cannot invest a, a, a better slow of time than reading that book and several others by John Maxwell, who I rave about, Michael Watkins, a contributor on the Harvard Business Review, who's done the first 90 days and, and your next move. Uh, some really phenomenal books out there, but I would certainly start uh, certainly start with the one thing. That's good stuff. I'm definitely gonna have to get that. You already know. So, uh, so as we close the show, uh, do you have a final piece of advice for current students and recent grads hoping to go from interns to pros? Well, a final piece of advice. The final piece of advice that I will give is this, and, and this is more of a not just going from intern to pro, but but really going from where, where you are to where you want to be. Um, understand that what got you here won't get you there, if you know what I mean. And what can be and should serve as your guiding principle in that journey is to answer the right, the right question. Most people, most interns, most execs, most people are trying to answer the what question. What do I need to be doing? What is it that I should be going for? And then there's another group of people that are desperately trying to answer the when question. When am I going to get promoted? When is this going to happen? When should I make the move? And they invest too little time on answering why they should do it in the first place. Once you figure out the why of your life, it becomes much easier to figure out the what and the when. And if you can understand that now, you will be 10 steps ahead and you will have a lifelong successful career in whichever path you decide to pursue. Wow. Wow. Well, listen, Mike, you have been uh, phenomenal. It's truly been a pleasure, not just because you're my brother, but just 
for who you are. Um, I've been blessed to see see you um, go from an intern to a professional at the highest level. And uh, so I, I thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, thank you for blessing us with your time and invaluable wisdom. Uh, so if any of our listeners out there want to connect with you on social media or otherwise, what's the best way they can do that? Yes, please do connect with me. Uh, a lot of people tend to find me very frequently on LinkedIn. Michael Leach, you can find me there. Uh, in terms of social media, I have the same handle on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. It's at Mr. Michael Leach. So at M-R-M-I-C-H-A-E-L-L-E-A-C-H. I would love, love, love to connect with you. If I can serve you, your organization, or institution in any way, shape, or form with consulting and mentoring, by all means, please do reach out. And, you know, I highly, highly recommend Mike for that. Um, not just because he's my brother. You all heard it. He can add some value. <laughs> so uh, thanks for blessing us with your time, Mike, and invaluable wisdom. Uh, you have been tremendous. Take care, my dude. This is fantastic. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Interns to Pros podcast. We hope you enjoyed the insider wisdom and industry insights. Be sure to subscribe to this show wherever you like to listen. iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, CastBox, and more. Now is the time to maximize your opportunity in today's marketplace, regardless if you're a student, professional, or employer. For more information on how we can help you or your company do so, visit internstopros.com. That's interns, the number two, pros.com. Until next time, never stop learning and do your best to master the art of excellence in every aspect of your journey. Congrats in advance.